You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I, um, I, I want to talk about something a little bit different today. And it might seem, it might seem like I'm being uh, depressing or I'm being a Debbie Downer. And, and anyone who, who listens to uh, me or reads what I write knows that that's not the case at all. I'm a very positive, bubbly person. I have a very positive outlook on life. Um, People ask me all the time, they say, well, how do you do it? How, how is it that you're always just so uh, happy? And I tell them, well, uh, bourbon is, is the way that I do it. Um, now, th- this might seem like a negative thing that we're going to talk about, but it really isn't. Because w- what I want to discuss is uh, feeling good about yourself, self-esteem, self-love, all of these, all of these, th- th- these things that we're very concentrated on nowadays. And, and I'll begin by just making one observation. And I'm not trying to insult you. It's going to seem like an insult, but it isn't. But I, I'm going to make this observation. I will say, you, the person listening to this, you might not be beautiful. Now, in fact, in fact, I'll say, you probably aren't beautiful. Chances are, statistically, just playing the odds here, I can't see you, as far as you know. I cannot see you right now, but you are probably not a beautiful person. And and I and I know that nowadays we're supposed to believe that beauty is a quality possessed by by everyone, right? Or at least every woman because interestingly enough, there isn't as much of a of a push in society to convince every man that he's handsome. You don't hear that as much, do you? You don't hear, well, every man is handsome. You don't hear that. It, 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 you know, I, I know that I'm, uh, I'm not George Clooney. I'm not Ryan Gosling, who, let's be honest here, is a very attractive man. And, in fact, the difference, the stark contrast between a fat, ugly man and a handsome man has been a source of comedy for a very long time. You know, going back to when Chris Farley and, and uh, uh, Patrick Swayze tried out for Chippendales on SNL, and even before that. It's like you got fat, ugly men, you have handsome men, and uh, the fat, ugly man is not the handsome man, and that's funny. And the fat, ugly man thinks that it's funny, too. He's in on the joke. But with women, we have to see all women as beautiful, and more importantly, all women must see themselves as beautiful. Because this is self-empowerment, and you have no choice in the matter. This is self-esteem. You will be empowered whether you like it or not. You are beautiful whether you think you are or not. Be happy about yourself. Love yourself, damn you. Love yourself. That's the uh, inspirational and kind of pushy message that's bombarding us at every turn, it seems like. And especially from companies who, uh, in order to sell products, have spent the last several decades constructing a beauty standard, which they have now, in order to sell products, decided to pretend to debunk. So they came up with this beauty standard and they sold, they sold, you know, makeup with it for the last 50 years. And now they're saying, Hey, where did all these beauty standards come from? 
it just just look at Dove, okay? You know, you know the company Dove. It's a soap company, and it's a soap company that consistently finds ways to take the word insufferable to seemingly unattainable new levels. They are they are doing things with insufferable with insufferability that I that I didn't think possible. Because every other week or so, they come out with some inspirational, quote-unquote, self-esteem, quote-unquote, boosting, quote-unquote, viral video that uh, millions of your Facebook friends share, you know, and you're scrolling down your newsfeed and you see and you see all these captions like, OMG, crying right now, OMG, tearing up, OMG, so inspirational, OMG, wow, this corporate marketing gimmick designed to sell soap has unlocked the secrets of existence and forever changed my life, exclamation point, exclamation point, smiley face, smiley face, winky face, cry face, exclamation point, exclamation point, period, or words to that effect, you know. And, and, and this time around, um, Dove is telling us to choose beautiful. Choose beautiful. Choose it. Whatever that means. And to drive home the point, they've, um, they've released this inspiration. And, and in fact, I want to back up for just a moment about these, these inspirational marketing videos. Very common now. Whether it's a soap company or a beer company or just all the companies now are doing inspirational videos. Tear jerkers. You know, tugging on the old heartstrings. And I know that uh, this is not a new thing. Companies have been doing this forever to, to sell products. But now it's just like everyone is doing it. Going the inspirational route. And, and, and fast food companies are doing it. You remember a couple of weeks ago with McDonald's and they were saying uh, you, you could buy a free meal at McDonald's if you pay with love, which which uh, to tell someone, hey, you can have this for free if you pay with love, if you know what I mean. Uh, that that's the kind of thing that could get you arrested. If you say it to the wrong person and they take it the wrong way, uh, it could get you arrested. But but with with McDonald's, the idea was you go in and uh, they would say, well, if you want this uh, 99 cent hamburger for free, just call your mother and tell her that that you love her. And so they, they got video of people doing this and it's supposed to be inspirational. But, uh, McDonald's is spreading love around the world. And. I know it, it. It seems like maybe it's a positive trend with the inspirational thing, but you have to. It's just so. It's just so vapid and emotionally hollow. When a marketing department, they all sit around in their suits around a big table in a, in, a, in an office somewhere in New York or Los Angeles, and they think of well, how, what are some ways that we can get these idiots to feel inspired and then buy hamburgers or soap from us? And they sit around, they, 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 just, they just come up with an algorithm, with an equation, and the thing that you're saying, and everything about it, the shades of colors, the music in the background, the themes, the words said, the buzzwords, these are all just uh, concoctions. These are just equations that they put together because they know that, okay, if we do this in 60 seconds, we can get an idiot to start crying about it and then go out and buy a hamburger from us. It's just not, it's insulting. It's insulting to the intelligence. But anyway, so Dove, um, Dove, they, they, Released this video, um, hidden camera video, taking it in various cities around the country. And it shows women walking down the street, minding their own business, when suddenly they fall into the dove trap. And the dove trap, in this case, is two doorways, one marked average and the other beautiful. And the idea, of course, is that all women should choose the beautiful door. They see a doorway that's marked beautiful. They should think, well, that's me. I'm beautiful. 
But many of them in the video, they don't choose beautiful. They go through the average door because some women think they're physically average, which, uh, which uh, God forbid, we can't have that, can we? Because you have to have self-esteem. And self-esteem means thinking that you're the best at everything and that you are the greatest in every respect. And you should know that Dove, Dove cares a lot about self-esteem. They, um, they've even put together a Tumblr page, which I would recommend you go check it out. It's uh, dovechoosebeautiful.tumblr.com. And if you go to this website, it offers all these homilies from a self-esteem expert and tips on how to perform mini meditations to increase your self-esteem. And there are all these various bizarre slogans about the benefits of mindfulness. How will mindfulness increase your self-esteem? It's actually, it's quite, did you hear my voice crack there? It's actually, I'm just going through puberty now, um, which is really not great for my self-esteem at all. So it's actually quite, quite creepy. Uh, not my puberty, but the, the website. Well, both really, but... And, and you're, you're on this this website, and it's got a self-esteem expert and mini meditations and all these weird buzz phrases, mindfulness. And for a moment, you forget that this is all about hawking face wash, and you begin to think that you're actually being recruited by a cult to come live in a commune on an island somewhere. And it's just, I mean, when Dove's website starts to look like a Scientology brochure, Things have definitely gotten out of hand, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I know it all seems harmless, doesn't it? Um, even uplifting, all this stuff about self-esteem and everyone's beautiful. Um, what's wrong, after all, with, with boosting self-esteem and making everyone feel like they're beautiful and great? What's wrong with it? Well, I'll tell you, a lot, actually. Um, and I know that Dove isn't the problem, merely a symptom of it. They... they they're just the latest prophets of the religion of self-esteem. Certainly not the first. Um, but I don't think these positive messages are all that positive or helpful. Because first of all, in the interests of truth, everyone is, let's start with this, everyone is not beautiful. In fact, take any positive characteristic, whether physical, um, mental, spiritual, Take any positive characteristic at all. Not everyone possesses that characteristic. That, that, that's part of what it means to be a unique human being with uh, free will. And you make decisions with yourself and with your body and uh, with your mind, with your soul. Not everyone can be all of the good things. You know, there's a list of good attributes, whether physical, mental or spiritual, that human beings can possess. And not everyone can possess all of them to an equal degree. It's impossible. And especially when it comes to physical attributes and other sorts of attributes that you don't even control. You know, when it comes to something like courage or humility, uh, it, it, everyone has the potential to be courageous and humble. Not if you're obsessed with your own beauty. You certainly can't be. But everyone has that potential. But when it comes to things like uh, physical beauty... Um, you know, even uh, uh, mental brilliance, uh, wit, some of these things. Not everyone can have those to an equal degree. You just can't. Now, beauty is a word, of course, with many dimensions. It's sort of like love. Um, it's not that it means a bunch of different conflicting things. It just means it has different dimensions. On one level, 
it, it could be said that human beings are, in principle, beautiful. All human beings are beautiful on one level, in one sense, because they come from God. And at its highest dimension, beauty could be defined as that which, you know, a characteristic of anything that God creates. That which God creates. I don't know. Just anything created by God in its essence, in its pure essence, is beautiful because God is beauty. God has never and can never and will never create anything that is not, in some sense, beautiful. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that Dove isn't using the word in that theological sense. They're not saying, oh, that which God creates, we're, we're all children of God, so we're beautiful. That's not what they mean. And, and the self-esteem movement is a secular one. Back in, in, in times when civilization was religious, you know, when, when we lived in a religious society, the, word, the term self-esteem didn't exist. Self-esteem came along when society became secular. It's a secular mo- notion. There is, there is nothing in the Bible about self-esteem. Jesus never says to his apostles, come follow me and I'll help you feel good about yourself. He never says that. Self-esteem does not, does not appear. The term self-love does not appear. Now he does say love your, your neighbor as yourself. But the ultimate concentration, this is the important thing. In the Bible, um, in the spiritual sense, in the real sense, uh, our love, the source of love is God. So, so the ultimate, uh, you know, the ultimate um, uh, concentration, uh, target of our love should be God. We love God. God loves us. From through God, we are able to love others. So through God, through Christ, we are able to love uh, ourselves and love our neighbors and love our spouses and our children and love everyone. Through the grace of God, we can. We can love. And, and that's the point, that in the self-esteem, the secular self-esteem, self-love, everyone's beautiful mindset, um, the, 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 the idea is that our value and our worth come from ourselves, right? We're good, we're smart, we're beautiful because we think we are. Not because we recognize we're children of God, but because we think we are. We are the source. We are the reason uh, and and. And when most people talk about everyone being beautiful, that's what they mean. That I'm beautiful because I decide that I'm beautiful. Not because I'm beautiful because I'm a child of God. But even when you look at it spiritually, although humans are beautiful as a creation, we do invite sin into our lives and we do things and we become things that are not beautiful. And this is part of the problem with saying people are beautiful on the inside. Well, they might be, but only to the extent that they are virtuous. Because to the extent that we are virtuous, we are closer to God. That's the whole point. When we're humble, when we're courageous, when we're patient, when we're honest, we are closer to God because those are the, those are the characteristics of God. But when we're impatient, when we're cowardly, when we're selfish, we pull ourselves further away from God because these are not characteristics. These are not choices that God, uh, that, that, that God would make. Um, and, and I know when I was a kid, we used to you know, watch these cartoons and movies, and and uh, and the message is always, well, you know, someone is ugly on the outside, but in the inside, they're beautiful. And you hear that so much that as a kid, I used to think 
that actually that's the way it worked, that if somebody was ugly, they were automatically beautiful on the inside. And if they were beautiful, they were probably ugly on the inside. And it might work that way sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you could have someone who is ugly on the outside and also on the, on the, on the inside, cowardly, manipulative, gluttonous, hateful, and narcissistic. I mean, that, that can happen where they're beautiful neither on the inside nor the outside. Or you could have someone who's beautiful and ugly on the inside or beautiful on the outside and beautiful on the inside. And to some extent, you know, uh, and this is sort of a mystery and now I'm getting off into the weeds a bit. But, but to some extent, our, our physical body, certainly our physical body does not exist separate from our spirit. Um, and, and it's not just that our, that our physical body is just a cage or a shell for our spirit. These two things are in harmony with each other. We are our bodies. And we are our souls, both. Um, it's not that we are one and not the other. So to some extent, our, our physical body expresses our spirit to some extent. Now, that doesn't mean that if we are ugly on the outside, that, that automatically we're ugly on the inside. It's not that at all. Not that at all. But, but in, well, take Mother Teresa, for instance, who was uh, obviously uh, before she died, and, and at the point when she was world renowned, um, she was an old woman. You know, n- nobody would look at Mother Teresa and say, "Well, this is the picture of a physically attractive woman." However, however, um, when you look at Mother Teresa, you can see almost this this peace, uh, tranquility, this uh, kindness. You can see it on her without her even speaking. You just look at her. You can see it in, in this very mysterious way. But anyway, th- this is all somewhat academic. The real issue is about physical beauty. And the self-esteem peddlers, like Dove and others, they tell us that we are all physically beautiful. This stuff about spiritual, spiritually beautiful and virtue and all this, I mean, th- that has nothing to do with the self-esteem thing. Uh, because self-esteem peddlers, they don't get into that. We, we just pretend it doesn't exist. So the idea is we're all physically beautiful, and that's what I want to uh, address. And according to Dove, we're, we, we can be physically beautiful because we choose it. So then the question is, what is physical beauty? Physical beauty is either a thing that can be defined or it can't. And if it can't, if it really is subjective, if beauty really is entirely and totally in the eye of the beholder, then it effectively doesn't exist. If it is a thing that, that, that can be anything, then it is nothing. If beauty can mean anything, then it makes no sense to take any pride in being it. What's the whole point of convincing people they're beautiful on one hand, and on the other hand, telling them that beauty means absolutely nothing? So if if uh, physically beautiful can just be defined as something that all people are, then you might as well feel good about yourself because you exist in a three-dimensional plane or because you have skin or bones or something like that. It just, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And it makes even less sense to take issue with unrealistic beauty standards when beauty is, by your estimation, not actually real to begin with. That makes all standards of beauty unrealistic, just as it makes your opinion of your own beauty meaningless. Because then it's kind of like you declare, well, I'm beautiful. Well, uh, how do you know? Because I think it. But why do you think it? Because I am but how do you know you are? Because I think it, but why do you think it? Because I am, but how do you know? Because I think it, but I, so et cetera, unto infinity. It just, you go round and round in circles. It doesn't make any sense. The dictionary says that beautiful means um, possessing qualities that give great pleasure or satisfaction to see, hear, think about, etc., delighting the senses or mind, 
excellent of its kind, wonderful, very pleasing or satisfying. Now, in order for the meaning of beautiful to be subjective, every word in that definition would also have to be subjective. This is the part of the problem with taking words and making them all subjective, is that every word attached to that word also has to be subjective, right, by definition. And then you just go down in this domino effect, and all of the words become subjective, and next thing you know, we don't have a language anymore in this society. So beauty is pleasing to the senses. And you might say, well, people are pleased by different things, and that's true. But what if I'm pleased by something entirely unpleasant? What if I'm pleased by sewage? Uh, What if I'm pleased by cannibalism? What if I'm pleased by Mein Kampf? Does that make buckets of poop, uh, the consumption of human flesh, and Nazi literature beautiful? Or is it more logical to say that I just perceive these things wrongly because, in that case, I'm insane? I mean, a sexual predator or a serial killer might have a pretty unique conception of what is wonderful and delighting to the senses, But are we prepared to consent that his definitions are as valid as our own? When John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy talks about what they find pleasing to the senses and beautiful, are we prepared to say, well, that's just as legitimate a view as, as mine is? But of course we aren't prepared to say that, nor should we be. In reality, when we tell the world that we're beautiful, we don't mean it in a subjective way. We don't mean to throw our own meaningless ideas of beauty into the void we are declaring it precisely because we want other people to see it that's the whole point we're saying uh we're beautiful because we believe that other people should see it and they should if we are because beauty is real it is something it is uh objective we all know that the sun setting over the ocean um or a a mountain in a wooded wilderness or, or the stars at night are beautiful. It's true that some people might prefer certain beautiful sights to others. You know, some people might be more of beach people and others are more mountain people. I'm more on the mountain end of it, but, and that's fine, but it would be a sign of spiritual and psychological dysfunction if anyone found any of these marvels to be actively repulsive. You know, it's one thing if someone says, you know, I'm not, I'm not big into mountain vacations. But it's another if they say, ew, mountains are gross. Those are ugly. They would just be wrong if they said that because a, a wooded mountain in the wilderness is, a, is an objectively beautiful thing. That every single civilization and nearly every person who's ever existed on the planet recognizes. And in fact, even though beauty standards do change with cultures, I think there's a remarkable similarity um, between, going back to people, between the sort of woman that would have been considered beautiful 3,000 years ago and the sort that we would consider beautiful now. And yeah, there there are some uh, cultural influences here. And... Sometimes those cultural influences can be unhealthy, like now. You know, if we think that gaunt, frail, anorexic women are beautiful, um, that that is not objective. Because actually being anorexic is not beautiful because it's self-destructive and you're killing yourself. But, but a truly physically beautiful woman nowadays would be physically beautiful no matter where she is and no matter what point in history. You know, the, the hunchback of Notre Dame was written many, many years ago um, in a different culture, in a different time. Uh, 
But the whole idea is that the hunchback was physically ugly. And he was physically ugly then, he'd be physically ugly now. So our ideas of what makes an ugly person, what makes a beautiful person, have, 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 are really not that different, depending on... There might be stylistic differences, but substantively, they're pretty, they're pretty similar. Um, so, okay, now that we understand, at least to some degree, what beauty is, and that it is something... Can it be said that all people are beautiful physically? The answer, yes, but also no, and mainly no. Yes, in the way that we've just covered, that, uh, but that the self-esteem dealers don't mean. We're all children of God, so in that sense, we're creations of God, so in that sense, we're, we are physically beautiful. Um, it, 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 it's sort of in the same way that, uh, that uh, you know, any. I mean, I guess in that sense... Um, all, you know, centipedes and spiders are physically beautiful in that sense that they are physical creations of God. But, but we are not all beautiful in the way that the self-esteem dealers mean, that all people are equally as pleasing to the senses, or that they should be equally as pleasing to the senses, because that's nonsense, obviously, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous because if all people are physically beautiful, pleasing to the senses, then... Every physical attribute is also physically beautiful. And it's that sort of mentality that's led us to the fat acceptance movement that tells us that the morbidly obese are physically attractive, which means that their life-threatening condition is physically attractive. This is how pretentious and deranged we've become that we now profess even our flaws to be beautiful. Rather than face the reality of ourselves, we take these negatives, we hoist them up on a pedestal, and we insist that the world celebrate us for it. And it was bad enough when we simply couldn't stomach any criticism of our weaknesses, but now we can't stomach not being applauded for them. Maybe it's always been the case that a morbidly obese person doesn't like to hear someone say, hey, you should go on a diet. But now we have to say, oh, that's a beautiful characteristic. Yes, morbid obesity, it's beautiful. And I'm not saying, of course, that, 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 that we should all have eating disorders or be pencil thin. Although it's not fair to thin people to constantly compare them to anorexics and writing utensils, by the way. And the fact is to be 100 to 200 pounds overweight can kill you. So it's not a good thing. It's not beautiful. It's something to be lived through, overcome, and fought. But not, not something that we herald and that we trumpet and say this is a good thing. But we, we feel like we have to demand that everything about us is good. Even when it's, when it's killing us and... And this is what self-esteem has done, the self-esteem movement. It's, it's created this self-obsession, this arrogance. And those two things aren't beautiful either, by the way, arrogance and self-obsession. Which is why if you take a hundred photos of yourself and paper them all over cyberspace in this crusade to trumpet your beauty and your self-esteem, I feel very safe in saying that those pictures are not beautiful because they are testaments to your vanity, which is hideous. Um... And all of this obsession that we have with self-image and self-esteem and self-love and self-acceptance and selfies, is any of it actually working? Are we fooling ourselves yet? I mean, we say uh, that the worst things about us are beautiful, that everything about us should be accepted, that we, we have to feel good about ourselves before we can love anyone else, that we're, we are absolutely preoccupied with our reflections. We, we are determined to hold ourselves in the highest esteem possible. But are we, ex- are we succeeding in convincing ourselves um, are you buying your own hype? Because I, I can tell you that I'm not. I'm not buying mine. So I, I think the answer is um, maybe to just stop 
thinking about ourselves for five minutes. It's the worst thing about all this is that nowadays, you know, even if we're being told to love ourselves, have high self-esteem, think we're beautiful. The point is that the, the lens is always turned around back on us. And we're just constantly told to think about ourselves. And, and maybe the answer is to adopt that rarest of character traits, which is, which is humility, uh, which is beautiful. Um, but a humble person is beautiful because she's humble, which means that, you know, you can't really advertise or, or take pride in your humility because once you do, you lose it. And that's maybe the most annoying thing about the Dove commercial, for instance, is that these women, they were walking down the street thinking about who knows, you know, perhaps they were uh, thinking about what they wanted to have for lunch that day or a movie they saw last night or their kids or their spouse or a pigeon on the, on the sidewalk. I mean, whatever. But the point is, maybe they were thinking about something outside of themselves, Maybe for a moment, and it's fleeting moments in our culture because we're constantly told to think about ourselves, constantly. But maybe for that fleeting moment, they were their mind had drifted off away from them, themselves and it had gone out into the world and they were thinking about something else out there, someone else out there, which is a very good thing, which is a very healthy thing. And then, and then Dove comes along and, and they take that mental telescope that right now is peering out into the world and out into the universe, and they turn it right back around so that these women are staring into themselves yet again. And this is what the self-esteem, self-image, self-love thing this is what it does. It tells us to elevate ourselves by thinking about ourselves. And then if we don't think the right things about ourselves, it makes us feel even worse about ourselves than we did before. I can tell you that I never had low self-esteem until I learned that I had low self-esteem, which gave me low self-esteem about my low self-esteem. But prior to being indoctrinated to the self-esteem cult in public school, I had no self-esteem. And that isn't to say that my self-esteem was low. I just didn't have it. I didn't really think about myself that much. I didn't hold myself in esteem. I just, I just thought about other things most of the time. And I like thinking about other things. I mean, that's why I'm here, isn't it? To experience the world outside of myself, to love other people, to love God, isn't that the point? Or is it just to peer steadily into my own bowels all the time until I cave in on myself like, a, like an old star? And when stars die, they become black holes, and, and that's what we're all becoming. We become these little mini black holes swirling around in circles, sucking everything into the black abyss of our own self-obsession. And, and it, it's like when, we're, you, know, when you try to look out a, a window... And there's a glare and you can't see out the window because you're, you're looking, you can only see your reflection in the, in the glass. And that's what we become in our society. We, we are, we are, we cannot see out the window because we're too busy whispering these sweet nothings to our reflections in, in the glass. And, uh, we sit around all day with our healthy self-esteems telling ourselves how great we are and for what? I mean, are we happier for it? I don't think we are. You know, there's another self word, aside from self-esteem, self, self-image, self-love. There's another self word that maybe we should think about applying uh, more often, which is self-awareness. And I think self-awareness is a good thing. We should be aware of who we are, of what we are, of what we aren't. And if there are good things that we want to be, then we can go out and try to achieve those things. Um, but if there are things that we can just simply never be, then we become aware of that and we accept it. 
So not everyone can be physically beautiful. You know, not everyone can be a picture of physical beauty. Not everyone can be that sort of person that would be considered beautiful that you could put in a time machine and go to the past or the future anywhere in the world and they would be looked at and said, well, that is a beautiful person. Not everyone has that. I mean, relatively few do. It's, it's, a, it's a relatively uncommon attribute, which is why we notice it. And that's okay. So don't, so don't sit around trying to choose beauty for yourself. I don't. I'm not a physically beautiful person. I think I'm average. And I know, like I said, for men, it's like we don't care as much about making us feel good about our bodies. But, but uh, uh, if I'm walking down the street and I see a beautiful average, um, I'm going to go through the average door because I, I, that's what I am, basically. I'm, I'm kind of average. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's not, oh, you have low self-esteem. No, I have, I have self-awareness. I know what I am, and I'm all right about that. I'm okay. It's you know there there are other things that that I that I do well. There are, there are other attributes that I have maybe naturally that other people don't. Um, you know, if I was walking down the street and there was uh, uh, two doors and one said average writer and the other said above average writer, I'd go through the above average door because you know what I am above average. I'm I'm, a, I'm an above average writer. I've been able to accomplish things in the field of writing that that other people that you know the average person doesn't. Um, now, if there was a, a average, above average, and brilliant, I'm still going through the above average, not the brilliant. But so I, I get it. That's where I'm going. But all of these things about what we are physically, um, you know, our personality traits. I mean, these things, uh, for the most part, often are are uh, they can be adjusted, but they can't be totally changed. You know, if somebody is 600 pounds overweight. They can and should lose that weight before it kills them, because it will if they don't. Um, but even if they lose all the weight, it, 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 you know, it's, there, there's no guarantee that now they'll, they'll ever be physically beautiful. But they could at least be physically healthy, which is a good thing for us to concentrate on, right? But then there are the, uh, as we talked about, the, the spiritual, um, the, the virtues, the spiritual attributes. You think about the, the, the cardinal virtues, you know, justice, temperance, fortitude. Uh, courage, wisdom, you know, these things. Um, these are virtues that we can all attain and we should try to attain them not so, not for ourselves, not, that, not, not so that we can be something, not so that we can be beautiful or so that we can be applauded or so that we can feel good about ourselves. That's not the point. We should try to attain those things because it makes us closer to God. Now, if I was walking down the street and there was a door and one said courageous and the other said cowardly, um, I don't know that right now I could walk through the courageous door. It's not because I have low self-esteem. It's because I'm self-aware. And if there was a temperance and then an intemperate door, you know, I don't think I could walk through the temperate door. If there was a wise and unwise, I don't think I could walk through the wise door. Right now, as we speak, because I'm, I'm a very flawed person, very flawed, very, very flawed, very weak. And I know that, but I can change that. I can make choices and maybe tomorrow I can walk through that courageous door. Maybe. 
That's a goal that I could have for my life. It's a goal that you should have, but not so that you can feel good about yourself, not for your self-esteem, not for your freaking self-esteem. Who cares about that? That's not the point. It's so that you can be closer to God. That is the only point. That is the only reason. That is the only thing that matters. That is it. Self-esteem. Hold God in high esteem. And then try to be like him. Try to emulate him. Because you hold him in self-esteem. Don't, don't hold yourself in high, self, in high esteem. And then try to emulate yourself. Because you've been emulating yourself and it's not working out. So instead we try to emulate Christ. So not, not self-esteem. Christ-esteem. How about that? I think that's the that's the point. So I told you, I, th- I think in the end, this is a positive, uplifting message. A little bit longer than a Dove commercial. Uh, a little bit a little bit harsher, I suppose. Takes a little bit more thought, a little more challenging. But, um, but I think in the end, it is uplifting. All right. That will uh, do it, I guess, for me. Facebook.com slash Matt Walsh blog, at Matt Walsh blog uh, on Twitter. And I will... I'm also on Instagram, by the way, um, which I don't, I haven't used that often, but how do you find Matt Walsh blog on Instagram? Is it at, at Matt Walsh? Anyway, find me there. Um, I'll talk to you next week. Acruce Salus. Godspeed. Godspeed.